Hey Salt and Light people, this is Sunny. Um, I am coming to you solo today from my kitchen. Uh, as you are probably aware, Jesse and I have been shooting off our little podcast solo for our psalm study. Um, one, to try out new things, and two, we're, both of us are just in a really busy season um, of life, and so this is working out for us. So I miss her. I wish she were here to have this conversation with me, but um, she is here in spirit and I'm happy to be here, happy to come to you with um, some ramblings, some famous sunny ramblings. Uh, but first, let me open us in prayer. Dear Lord, Father God, you are mighty and good. You are the light of the world. You are the creator, the king of all kings. Um, you are vast and grand, and yet you care so deeply for all of us individually. And Lord, we are just grateful to be your children, to be bearers of your light, to be homes of the Spirit. Father, we forget that we are so often, and I just pray that um, as I move through this conversation, that the Holy Spirit would enter in, and I would leave my own agenda at the side, and Lord, that you would just speak through me um, into our listeners, and that you would do a mighty work, uh, not only in me, but in anyone listening. And I just thank you, Lord, that as we move into this season of Advent, that we would be particularly reverent of who you are, and the profound mystery and um, gift that was your incarnation, God, that you are not only um, above us, but you are imminent and you are with us. Uh, that is such a beautiful gift, Lord, and I just pray that you would move in our hearts, that we would see that more fully this year. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, people, so um, I have been in prayer about this podcast all day, um, and just kind of trying to see what it is God has for you through me, and I've been a little bit all over the place. Um, my own personal walk has been pretty, oh, beautiful as I just fall in love with Jesus and really falling in love with the Psalms. Um, this morning I practiced yoga and then I meditated with my mala beads and recited, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing 108 times. Um, and just really sitting with that truth and really trying to let that truth sink in. As you know, I wrote about that Psalm earlier this week and, uh, you know, we all know that verse, right? Like, that's such a famous verse. We know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, or I want for nothing, depending on the version that you read. But do do we actually ever, like, sit in that and meditate in that and, and even recognize what it means to have the Lord as our shepherd? Um, there's so much ownership in that statement that, you know, we belong to him, but he belongs to us. And there's just this mutual bond that is illustrated so beautifully in such a short sentence that um, I'm really trying to chew on it. I'm really trying to believe that, that the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, um, especially this time of year when we are surrounded with, oh my goodness, just temptations and com uh, 
consumeristic drive to buy things, you know, that we are told all of the time how much we lack. We lack so much. And so I just am really trying to believe that I lack nothing, that the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, that everything I need, I, I get in him. Um, so that's where I started my morning, uh, just really sitting in that truth. And then that led me to, you know, there's some passages in John, which I cited in the psalm as well, but um, that the Lord is the good shepherd and that there are many shepherds in our lives, that we live in a world, um, sometimes we are the shepherd, sometimes we are the sheep, um, sometimes we're sheep and we don't even recognize the shepherd that we're following, and yet we follow that shepherd. Sometimes that shepherd takes takes the form of different um, familiar lies that we've come to believe about ourselves, or believe about our relationships, or believe about our society, and... Um, or family even, and and so we blindly walk walk along following this shepherd, um, not even realizing we're sheep. And I think that that's really what is so profound when we read in John when he talks about the good shepherd and his sheep, and he says, um, "Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers." But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. That's that whole, they will find pasture. They will lack nothing. We, we, when we follow this shepherd, we will lack nothing. Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So... As I have been meditating on this fact in this verse, I've been really trying to identify the different shepherds in my life, the different things that I follow, doctrines that I believe, um, that I'm not even necessarily aware that I believe, uh, and really trying to recognize where that has uh, divided me from the Good Shepherd, um, divided me from the fact that I lack nothing. And to really believe that I lack nothing is hard. And um, my pride wants to tell me otherwise. My pride wants to make me a victim. My pride wants me to see all the ways that um, I'm treated unfairly or I deserve so much more than I have. I deserve some sort of happiness or some sort of status or recognition or a dollar figure. I mean, we could go on and on, right? This, you know, I'm talking of myself, but I know that I'm also speaking for you. And, and I'm really just asking the Lord to help me reveal. I'm really asking the Lord to reveal to me the shepherds that I follow that aren't the good shepherd. Um, and whether you want to call it the enemy or Satan or evil or sin or whatever you want to call it, it has a name. Um, if we're not following the good shepherd, then what we're following is stealing and destroying us. Uh, in small ways, maybe it's in ways of com comparison or relationships or um, self-absorption. I mean, there, I could just go on and on. And so as we just like enter into this Advent, I really want to be intentional that I am following the Good Shepherd 
and when I'm not, that he would help me recognize it so I could, you know, about face and come back to him. Um, because really, it is only in him that I do lack nothing. Uh, so this is what I've been chewing on. This is where I've been living the le- today, anyway. And prior to that, I've been really just thinking about how how do we truly commit to the Good Shepherd? Like, how do I really live my life like Jesus and I don't do a good job, people? Like, I fail all the time and my pride gets in the way and my dysfunction gets in the way and all of the the shepherds that I have been following my whole life, like, they still have their well-worn path that leads right to my heart and my heart strays all the time. And um, I came to this verse through my Holy Yoga Master's study last week and I hadn't read it in a long time and I keep reading it and rereading it and I sent it to Heath the other day too because I just really feel super convicted that this this is the way that I need personally to stay rooted in Jesus and who the Good Shepherd is Um, and so this verse and I'm just going to share it with you it's from Deuteronomy 6 4 I think I'm going to read through 6-9. So it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. Ugh. I'm going to read it again, mostly for my own good. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Oh my goodness. So when I read that, and then I think about the Good Shepherd, and I think about Christ um, talking about being the Good Shepherd, and that the Good Shepherd lays down his life for us, And then he quickly refers to um, the hired hand who is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep. And so when the wolf comes, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks and the, the flock scatters. And so... That is, those are the shepherds that we normally follow. Um, It's so much easier for us to follow the shepherds of the world, to follow the truths that, well, they're lies that we believe is truths. You know, to follow Santa Claus, to buy into this lie that we have to purchase and buy emotions to create. feelings in our home of some idealized version of what Christmas should look like and not actually recognizing who the Good Shepherd is and that in that um, participating in all this false um, commodity, this false idea of consumerism, that we're, we're following the hired hand. 
and he's a thief and he's going to steal and destroy us and he steals our joy and he steals our peace and our hope um, he steals our ability to be present because we're chasing after an idea of what a perfect Christmas or a perfect situation should look like um, that goes with so many different aspects of our life and so when I read that verse from Deuteronomy when I come to that I hear the Lord saying listen I know you I know the human heart I created it I know how you fell I know how broken you are and how fickle you are I know how short your memory is I know how easily you are distracted I know how um, weak you are to your pride and to your lusts and to your desires. I know all of these things. And because I know all of these things, this is what you need to do in order to remain with me to follow the Good Shepherd. And he lists them all so beautifully. Um, you know, these commandments. He's commanding us to love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and strength and how many times do we read that in scripture like that is over and over and that's a command he says I give you this command and you need to impress this command into your heart and how do you impress it into your heart you teach it to your children you talk about Jesus when you're walking along the road when you're laying down at night when you get up in the morning you tie the symbols around your hands bind them to my to our foreheads we write the truths of Christ along our door frames um, and on our gates and I think oh Lord you are so wise and so loving to recognize how easily distracted we are by the hired hand and the thief and in order to stay rooted in Jesus and to follow that good shepherd we have to place markers and truths all around us to continue to bring our attention back to Christ. You know, I think about children. I'm working in a school now with elementary school children. And when you need to get a child's attention, like really get their attention, you can do all kinds of things. You can make noise, you can turn lights off, you can whistle. I mean, there's so many things that God has been trying to do for us to get our attention, right? Like over and over, like Israel is such a perfect example of uh, children gone astray, children not listening, children who are disobedient, children who are running off on their own, who are looking everywhere but God, like having a little spastic ADHD moment, right? Like that is Israel. That's who we are. That's who we're not Israel, but that's who we as humans are. We're just so easily distracted. And in order for us to come full come full circle around to Christ it's like God has to grab our face and pull our eyes up to him and say look at me right now bring your attention to me and it is only in those moments that we're able to see this good shepherd and to recognize the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing but before we can believe and and put that truth of the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, we have to first root ourselves in all things Jesus. 
and you know I say this as something that I, I, I aspire to. I mean, my, we're, you know, we, my salvation, my love for Jesus, everything is said. I don't have to strive to earn God's love, but I have to work to keep myself focused on that love because I have to love the Lord with all my heart, strength, and soul, heart, soul, and strength. But if I'm so easily distracted by what's on television or... Um, what sporting event I have to attend or what obligation I have at work or, you know, what am I going to wear to this particular event? Like, if these are the things that are pulling me away and they're just everyday little mundane things, then I am not following him. And then I'm not living in that truth that I lack nothing. And so just list, just reading that verse, those verses in Deuteronomy and recognizing my own weakness and my own failure to um, impress this truth that I need to love the Lord, that I need to impress that into my heart and teach it to my children and let it be the last thing I think of at night and the first thing I speak of in the morning and that Jesus is what I'm living out as I walk down the road and that I need to tie up and bind all of these truths around my hand, like everywhere my eyes fall, you know, to recognize, to remember, like a tactical, or tactile, excuse me, a tactile remembering of who he is. And God knows that we are weak, and so he's telling us, in order to do this, in order to love me, and be blessed by me, and experience that communion and that love, your job is to remember me. Remember me. And I feel so um, distracted so, so much of the time myself. Uh, my conversations are not always, you know, seasoned with salt and grace. Like I, most of the time they're not. My words don't honor the Lord 70, 90, 9% of the time. Um, how quick is my mouth? How quick is my tongue? How quick is my judgment? You know, how I sit in a church service and I'm judging the person delivering the message and praying to the Lord to take that away. That is not, that is not following the Good Shepherd. That is following myself. That's following my pride. That is following the thief who is so good. The world is so good at selling you on something better or making you think that, um, your relationship, our relationship with Jesus and the way we walk in the world are two separate things, um, that they're not, that they're mutually exclusive, that they can't really overlay upon one another. And I hear it all the time when I talk to other women and other friends and people who are um, struggling in their walk with God or seeking maybe, not even struggling, but just wanting more. This statement that like, um, but I live in the real world. And uh, I live in the real world too, but I want my real world to be drenched in Jesus Christ, just absolutely drenched in Jesus Christ. And um, so as my day has gone on, <laughs> I found myself in all kinds of different books, different literature. It's getting cold outside, it's winter time almost, and winter always drives me to philosophy. <laughs> I don't know why, and um, 
So I pulled out my oh complete collection of Nietzsche writings. I don't know if any of you have ever read Frederick Nietzsche, um, or if you're a philosopher, philosophy lover like I am, um, and he's just so well, he's Nietzsche. And I haven't really spent a lot of time reading him since I fell in love with Jesus Christ, so it was interesting today. I was rereading some of the writings of his that I really find fascinating and just, like, cringing at so much of what he says, but so much of what he says about the human heart is so true, like, just the fickleness and the evil and the... I mean, I hate to say evil, but just the broken, the places that just... where evil comes from, right? Like, that place... So anyways, it's been very interesting to revisit, and so <clears throat> I started there, and then I moved to Dostoevsky because he is my very favorite author ever of all time, and um, in his book, The House of the Dead, which is an incredible uh, story about his own imprisonment, his false Im he was imprisoned falsely, and then not falsely imprisoned, excuse me. He was imprisoned and then was to be executed and then wasn't executed um, last minute. And so this whole The House of the Dead is his retelling of his experience in the Siberian prison and you know the lasting psychological effects that almost being executed ha had on him. But there's this line, and I always come back to it, and it's so true because I've lived this, and I think we all live this. Um, but there's this line that he writes in The House of the Dead, and he says, um, man is a creature that can get used to anything, and I think that is the best definition of him. Man is a creature that can get used to anything, and I think that is the best definition of him. And this, tr this is so true. This is absolutely true that we, as humans can get used to the most terrible circumstances or um, terrible habits or life-crushing relationships, um, dysfunction, that we, are, we can adapt our experience and our living around lies and around um, misery and... So a lot of it self-inflicted, most of it is self-inflicted misery, that we get used to that, that that is what defines a man, that we can slide right into a role that we either take on ourselves or that we're put into. And even though, especially at first, it really grinds against who you are, it really settles in and you get used to living there. And so I think that as a people... We're really used to living in this consumerist world, believing all these lies and buying into all this crap about what it is that is going to make us happy, that we've become used to this, and so that living with the Good Shepherd is so foreign because we don't even know who he is to us. And in order to know and love him with all of our heart, soul, and strength, we have to immerse ourselves in Jesus in every waking moment, in the things that we're doing, in the conversations that we're having. We need to write it on our gates and on the walls of our homes. You know, that's, that's what the Lord is telling us to do. And he doesn't tell us this as like some, you know, 
man, some angry God shaking his finger at his disobedient children. He is calling us to love. He is calling us because he is the shepherd. Because the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Not because he has to. Not because that's what he was hired to do. But that's because it's who he is. He chases after us because he loves us. He wants us back because he loves us. He wants to be our shepherd. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to see him and recognize that in him we lack nothing. And so that is where I'm just going to leave this conversation that, you know, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. And I think, and at first I was thinking to myself, oh, that's such a generic verse. Like, I'm not going to use that for my meditation today. I'm not. It's just, I've said it a hundred, hundreds and hundreds of times. And that's just the thing. I've said it hundreds and hundreds of times, but I've never really let it take root in my heart to understand what it means in my life, who I am what I do, how I love, how I experience love, what it means that he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. He is mine and I am his. And in that, I lack nothing. And so friends, I just pray that we would all come to a deeper understanding um, of who he is and that we would really take a hard look at ourselves and our relationships and just thinking on that quote man is a creature that can get used to anything and I think that is the best definition of him what are you so used to what is it in your life and there's lots of these things friends in all of our lives that you have become so comfortable with so accustomed to your own discomfort, dysfunction, your own sin, your own brokenness, that you just sit in it and you, you're just, you're used to it, that you can get used to anything. And when you recognize what those things are, bring the shepherd, invite him in and see where he can pull you away from those things. See where he can undo all of those lies and those beliefs so that you will follow him and not the hired hand. Okay, friends, I'm going to close us in prayer. Father God, you are the good shepherd. You are the shepherd. We are your flock, and we are looking for you in all the wrong places. We follow the hired hand all of the time. We allow him to steal from us all of the time. And then we're angry with you when he does. Forgive us, Lord. Father God, I just pray for each and every one of us, for my heart in particular, that you would help me to see and recognize you in all situations. And Lord, that you would show me what it is I have become used to and accustomed to in my life that is dishonoring of who you are as my shepherd and who I am as your sheep. I love you, Lord. I thank you for all of our listeners. I pray for peace and love and grace for all of us. In Jesus' name.